and welcome to Beyond the Neutral Zone. I am Brandon, joined by my good friends Tanner and Ben. After one week of the grind, Gabe decided he needed a break, so he is on vacation. So it is just the three of us today. Gabe will be back later in the week. Today we are going to talk about fantasy football, uh, which Gabe is the worst fantasy football player of the four of us, so you don't want tips from him anyway. Call him out, man. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Kick him while he's not here. Hey, man, maybe he'll listen to this episode and he'll do better this year. Gabe just threw his phone. I know he did. I envisioned him throwing his phone. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, Speaking of Gabe, we had our first five-star review of the podcast Nine on podcasts. iTunes. All right. So here it is. This five-star review is from Andy Roo 995 and it goes like this. Hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time caller, but I wanted to say I'm absolutely loving the pod so far. I wanted to ask how you plan to take down a dominant Team Andy Roo 995 in Dynasty this year with a star-studded cast with the likes of Gardner Minshew and Khalif Raymond. I honestly think you guys should go ahead and crown me champ. Also, shout out to Gabe for trying to trade me brittle George Kittle for my 2024 first-round pick. I'm about to go over the whole season, and this man's going to offer me an injury-prone tight end for what will almost certainly be the first overall pick in the draft. Unbelievable. Anyways, y'all keep up the good work out here. Much love from the borough, except for you, Gabe. This was a comedy. Yes, this this was the review uh, from from Andy Roo 995 yes so I I agree with pretty much everything he said here but I I do have to defend Gabe a little bit okay so George Kittle is undoubtedly one of the best tight ends in the NFL and if you were making if you were making this trade offer to a regular team that was competing for the playoffs and they were just a tight end short like this would be a reasonable trade offer but for any listeners like for you all to understand Mr. Andy Rue here is an expansion team, so he has just basically no good players this year. So he's building for the future. So he needs to be stockpiling draft picks. Like he needs, to, like he he can't give up his future draft picks mm-hmm. because he needs all of them, and they're going to be really big picks too. So for this particular situation, it was a really bad trade offer. But for most situations, it would not have been that bad. But for this particular one, it was really. Bad. If George Kittle wasn't as old. As he is, I feel like it would have been a good trade offer. George like, wasn't that old yet, but his body seems he does seem to be breaking. In tight, yeah, in so, tight end terms, but like, well, a lot of tight ends get better as they get older. Like once well, once they're in how, their thirties, that's when they're really hitting their prime. How old is George Kittle? He's in. I'm not sure. I think he's late twenties, twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, I, he, I, don't, yeah I don't think he's thirty yet. So, um, but anyway, so anyway, yes, it was a bad trade. It wasn't the dumbest thing in the world but for this particular since it was dynasty it yeah what it was not great but anyway shout out to you andy Rue. thanks bro uh we really appreciate it also uh if anybody else you all leave a five-star review on itunes we will read it on the podcast whatever you say we'll say it back unless you know i can't say it back then i won't But uh, anyway, thank you for that. Oh, by the way, I uh, for the Spotify one, you can give Spotify ratings, but I, as far as I can tell, you cannot give a review. Like, you can't actually write anything. But So we'll still take the five stars, but you're not going to get anything read. So sorry. So even if you don't listen to iTunes, come over to iTunes and leave something so you, so you can get read on the podcast. Yeah. 
All right, with that being said, I'm going to go over some of the news that's broke since we last recorded. There's some been some there has been some pretty big things happen in the world of sports in the past few days. So number 1, I'm going to start with the MLB. Really sad news, Shohei Otani tears his UCL. Let's all have a moment of silence. Thank you. <laughs> Shohei is probably my favorite player in the MLB right now. I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people. He is so fun. He makes the game so much more exciting. He's still going to hit, but not having, not having him as a dual threat for at least a whole other season after this year is going to be very sad. And I hope, I hope that he can come back and be a starting pitcher again because with that, like if he's able to do, he makes baseball better when he's doing mm. that. So I really, really hope that he's able to do that. This is going to be his second Tommy John surgery, though. Yeah, so that's it's rough. It's it. He when did he have his first? It was a couple years ago. I don't remember. Like maybe like four years, three or four years ago. I don't know. But anyway, so I hope he's able to come back and be just as good because he is so much fun to watch. Um, you got anything to add to that? No, um, I do think, I do think he's going to lose quite a bit of money off of this. Like, I I just, it's going to affect the contract. Yeah, it's going to affect the contract a lot. And it's probably going to change, like, which teams are able to get him now. Like, now, like, like, it may open up to a little bit more of the league that's able to actually go pursue him now. Which, I mean, even as a batter, not even as a pitcher, Shohei Otani is still, oh, 100%, but I don't know, just, Losing him as that dual threat, like I feel like he's lost at least. Which I know to everybody else, this this probably sounds ridiculous. Like, dude's still gonna make three, four hundred million dollars, but I don't think he's at that five, six, seven number anymore. Yeah, he he was going to break the all time record for uh, an athletic contract ever by a good margin too. Easily, that may not happen now. It may not. He still might. He might because. He's going to have to take a full year off from pitching, but if he has like a 10-year contract, which is not crazy in baseball, like they, they could still do that if they really think he's going to come back and be just as good afterwards. He's still hitting bombs, though, oh, man. Yeah, dude can, oh my can launch, bro. He can launch. Uh, all right, so next piece of news. We got – this is hilarious. Um, too bad Gabe's not here for us to, to rub it in. But Jerry Judy had got a serious hamstring injury. Looks like it's going to keep him out for an extended period of time. And they're they're already missing Tim Patrick for the season. Yeah. So at this point, are the Broncos just gonna be terrible again this year? I honestly I honestly didn't believe in them in the first place. And then after that Jerry Judy injury, they were saying that he was gonna be the secret weapon this year and take their offense over the top. And then now missing him and Tim Patrick, like they said Tim Patrick might be the best receiver of the three. Then he goes down first, and then they're like, oh, well, we still got our secret weapon, Jerry Judy, and then he goes out. So now it's like Cortland Sutton, Javante, you hope Russ still has it, and then that's that's it. That's basically their offense. But maybe with this news, Gabe's prediction of Russ being a top three rushing quarterback <laughs> comes true. You never know. <laughs> oh my god! Making things happen. I I still seriously doubt that. I don't I I don't care. I don't care if there's no receivers out there. He's still not leading the NFL in quarterback rushing yards. That's not happening. I agree with you. I'm just saying it makes it more possible. That's all. All right. And the the third piece of news. This may be even 
bigger. Nah, I don't think it's bigger than the Shohei news. Uh, but it's the biggest NFL news of the past week. Trey Lance getting traded to the Cowboys for a fourth-round pick. Uh, this is interesting, uh, one, because honestly, fourth-round pick, I think, was like pretty good value for the 49ers to get back. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think people thought they were going to get that much for him. Uh, so they'll, they'll, tap, they'll happily take a fourth-round pick. But this is also interesting because it's going to the Cowboys. Uh, you never really know what Jerry Jones is thinking. Like I don't really know what his plan is here. Um, but it makes things interesting because if Dak Prescott has another season where, like, nine weeks into the season he has, like, 15 interceptions, it's like, yo, is – you know, is Trey Lance performing well in practice? Like, are they, are they, are they, is he putting pressure on Dak? Is Dak, is Dak feeling it? You know, so what do you think about that, Ben? I was very high on Trey Lance coming into the draft, and I was very disappointed that the 49ers took him, having liked the Packers, and uh, the 49ers just continuously put the Packers out of playoff contention. And it was very frustrating that I was like, man, and now they just go and take a really good quarterback. And then I still think he has potential because really the only games we've seen him play in was a monsoon game against the Bears that everyone was hyping Justin Fields up after that game and trashing Trey Lance when literally that game, I don't count that at all. And a bunch of analysts were saying that they do not count that game because it really wasn't even a football game. It was just who can run the best and... Justin Fields is one of the best quarterback runners ever. So, um, and then the next game he played for like what a quarter? Did he even get through the first quarter yeah, before he got I, hurt? I don't know. I don't think it was a half at least. Yeah. So. so you're talking about a guy that had at least the potential upside of going number three in the draft, and then really hasn't got a chance to prove himself. And you're getting him for a fourth round pick. Now I do think that. For a fourth round pick for the 49ers, that's completely worth it for them to for their third string quarterback. Like right. if he's not gonna play, you're getting a fourth round pick. That's that could be a potential starter for you in the future. For the Cowboys, they're taking a shot on the upside because you're not gonna get a guy that has that much potential in the fourth round at quarterback. So they're like, if for some reason Dak gets hurt or he has another really bad season. Instead of trying to be bad this season and draft a quarterback, we have we can at least see what this guy does. So, yeah, I think it's fascinating. I don't really well, honestly, the most likely scenario is that we never really see Trey Lance play for the Cowboys. That's the most likely scenario, but it it does make things interesting. I just don't with with. Y'all may think I'm crazy for this, but what Cooper rushed on while Dak was injured last year, I don't even think I don't even think he passes Cooper Rush this year on the depth chart. Cooper Rush is still your number two. Yeah. I, and he earned it yeah. by how he played last year. I think you're right for at least this season. Yeah. I think this entire season I think Cooper Rush is the number two. Yeah. Um and then it, you have your quarterback battle in the offseason next forward, year. Going forward, it will be interesting, especially if Dak has a bad year this year. If Dak mm-hmm. has a bad year this year, the offseason for the Cowboys is going to be very fascinating. Uh, I still think they stick with Dak just because of Jerry Jones. If Jerry Jones wasn't the owner, I could see that. But right. as long as Jerry Jones is owner, bro, Dak Prescott's your starting quarterback. I would agree with you on that. If Like, why did Jerry Jones make this trade? He's, he's the one that made the trade. 
So like, he's the one that made the trade, but you know for one one hundred percent he had advisors in his ear. This was not a Jerry Jones thing. This was I advisors. Was. This was scouts coming to Jerry Jones. I don't think this was a Jerry Jones. I think deal. it's the opposite. I, I think advisors and scouts, everybody's against Trey Lance, but Jerry Jones is all about the big names. He just wants the whatever's the biggest flash in the pan. That's what he wants. He's, this is a Jerry Jones move. He's about the big names, yes, but all the scouting on players, all of that stuff. You can't tell me that Jerry Jones is sitting here scouting players. Like, you just can't. Yeah, I agree I'm sorry. with you. He's not. That's yeah. That's why he's all about the big names. Mm. He's not doing the scouting. Yeah. So that's why I think this was a Jerry Jones. Move. Do either one of you know how many years Dak has left on his deal? Because I know he signed a really big deal. At least two, probably at least three. I gotcha. mean, it's, he's got a while. And I heard that in the next two years, like the Cowboys don't have a way out of that contract. Like they're stuck with Dak Prescott. Yeah, because if he has another bad season, no team is trading for him. They can't really cut him because of like the cap penalties for cutting. It's like and 32 then, million or something like that they lose if they cut yeah. Dacker. I think it's some number like that. And then what are you going to do at that point? Like leave him as your backup? No guy is going to want to have Dak Prescott as their backup no matter how bad he does. Um, Right. So I don't really know. I don't see any way that Dak isn't the starter. Oh, he, well, no, that's not even a question. We know mm-hmm. he's the starter. Yeah. Well, definitely this year, but I'm talking about even in the future. Like as long as Dak is on that contract, I don't see a way he's not starting in Dallas. Yeah. I could see it if he was really bad this year. Like let's say let's say he has more interceptions than touchdowns this season and the Cowboys go like 5 and 12. I I Jerry Jones doesn't have patience for that. Like he's he's just gonna he's gonna make a quick move after that. Now, do I think the Cowboys are gonna be so bad they go five and twelve? No, they're they're probably not gonna be that bad. I think they're gonna be pretty bad. You think they're gonna go that bad five and twelve? Dude, I'm Come high on. on that conference, on, man. man. I, I think they finished. Yeah, I I think they finished last in their division, dude. I really believe man. that. Stop, I mean, I think bro. they'll go last in their division too, but I think they still could be higher than five and twelve. I think uh, six and eleven. That's that's my Cowboys. Ben, stop. I'm being dead serious. You can't tell me you genuinely believe they're gonna be that bad. I think they're gonna be that bad. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the Cowboys, but there's no way they don't finish with at least ten wins this season. I'm saying, God, yes, ten wins. Yes. yes I don't so. believe CD Lamb so. at all. It's not easy to get ten wins, very bro. Much so. That's I'm a really you. good season, dude. Which you did say they were going to get a top three. I said they were a top three seed in the NFC, and I believe that. That's crazy. I believe all that. Right, right man. I didn't say they're going to so, go far in the playoffs. So two, they're going to be they're going to cowboy in the playoffs. We all know that. You two are complete opposite. Yes. Cowboys. <laughs> We're yes. getting in a fist fight over here. We are. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go over our college football bets from this past week. Oh, I was hoping uh, I forgot about so that. So the two games. By the way, the third game that we mentioned last week did not happen this last week. We got that wrong. That game does not happen until Thursday, and that game is the Nebraska and Minnesota game. Uh, we mistakenly said that that was happening this past weekend. It was not. Uh, the two games that were happening that we mentioned were Notre Dame against Navy. That was in Ireland. And the other game was Hawaii at Vanderbilt. Ben, you only had one bet. Which bet did you have? 
I had the uh, Hawaii covering a seven and a half point spread. Seventeen and a half. It was seventeen and a half point spread. Oh, I thought it was seven. Well, that's even better. <laughs> well, I thought I got it by half a point, so I was super excited. But you know, um, I guess I had seventeen and a half, so I had plenty of room for uh, yes, air. So. Uh, Hawaii lost the game, but the score was twenty-eight to thirty-five. So the seventeen and a half point would hit easily. Yeah. Uh, I also had that bet. I only put one dollar down on it. Did you put three dollars on yours? Uh, I believe I put two. Two dollars. Yeah. Okay. And the did you bet on that game, Tanner? Hawaii Vanderbilt? No, I didn't bet. Okay, so you only had one bet. I only had one. All right, let's tell tell us your bet, Tanner. How'd you how'd you do? Yeah, so I did not know that the game was in Ireland, and I bet for Navy to cover the spread against Notre Dame. And what what? what and I knew that I knew that was not. It was like twenty twenty three. I think was the 20. spread. 20. Yeah, twenty point five. So I knew by. Halfway through the first quarter, that was not going to happen. Like, yeah. Notre Dame absolutely dominated every part of that game. I, like, I do want to point out that, like, I I did mention on the last episode exactly how I thought the game was going to go. And that, I mean, that was exactly he, what I said. I mean, I was, exactly. I was already committed at that point. Like, I didn't know the game was in Ireland. Not saying in last year, Notre, I'm pretty sure Notre Dame only won that game by three. It came down to a field goal. So, I just, yeah, I couldn't back out of it. I wasn't going to, like, find that out and be like, oh, I changed my mind. Like, I, I had to stick with it, so. so and I, I did, so I took the other side. I had Notre Dame covering. And I did mention that if I had enough time to fiddle around with FanDuel, that I wanted to find an alternate spread with 30 points. Uh, I didn't take the time to do that. I really wish I had now because I called that as well, so. Just, you know, call it football call advice. Just come to this guy right here. I've got you, okay? <laughs> two for two this season, two for two. We'll see how long that goes. I really um, wish that I had went in on that with you because I actually agreed with your reasoning and, like, everything on the bet for why you did it. But I was like, eh, I'm just not going to bet on it, even though I agreed that that would happen. I was like, Notre Dame is just going to give it everything they have because they have to in order to make the playoffs. Right. But. Also, I, I I should have mentioned this last episode, but I'll mention it here. Those military academies, their week one game every year, week one, bet against the military academies week one. Because they do that triple option, and it's so different from what everybody else does. If you play against them in the middle of the season, it can be really rough to prepare for because you've only got one week. But week one... The other team has the entire offseason to prepare for that triple option. They've been preparing all offseason for that. They've got more than one week to do it. So They so, did not complete their first pass until the fourth quarter. Right. So <laughs> whoever Army I don't I don't I haven't even looked at it. I have no idea. Whoever's army whoever army's playing against this week, bet for the other team to cover the spread. Whoever Air Force I, this, I actually I don't even know if Air Force runs the triple option. But Army and even Navy again this week, because whoever they're playing against this week, it's that team's first game. Too. So they've been preparing for it all off season as well. So whoever Navy and they Army, play Louisiana Monroe. Army does. Yes. Okay. So bet for what's the spread? You... Uh, let me look. Army might be favored in that game. Honestly, <laughs> no, I'm taking. I don't care what the spread is. I'm going with Louisiana Monroe, bro. Wow. Okay. All right. Same let me look. Hang on, let me look game. at the spread. So they're whoever those those military academies. Whatever they're playing against in week one, bet for the other team. I promise. Now, it, it obviously it's not going to be a hundred percent. 
but statistically, you were going to hit that like 75% of the time. All right, I feel really confident on so, that. So while Tanner looks this spread up, did you all see what um, Notre Dame did with their band during halftime of that game, though? That was actually pretty cool. So they did like a salute to Navy, and they had their band come out in like a big aircraft carrier. Like that was their form. And then, uh, or no, it was a plane. They came out in like a plane formation. And then part of their band went to an aircraft carrier and part of them stayed like as a plane. And then they went and landed the plane like while they were playing music the whole time. So I just thought that was super cool. Interesting. Wait. Notre Dame done that? There was another team. Are you sure that wasn't an old video? Because I saw that same video of a same band doing that probably two weeks ago. No, they it was Notre Dame. They done that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw that I same thought video I saw. I, I've seen that video at some point yeah. in, the, in the past few weeks. I don't know, remember who that was. but They could, I mean, they could have replicated it. But I thought I saw yeah. a, um, a band do that. But Army is favored by nine and a half. Favored? They are favored by I, nine I'm going. Half. Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, bro. that's, that's definitely. Louisiana yeah. Monroe is going to cover that. nine and a half. I'm okay? on that. Go for it. All right. <laughs> Now, every time Tanner's taken advance, uh, advice for me about something in the past, it's always gone wrong. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. So now that Tanner's always. taking advice, he's going to lose money. Because always gone wrong. Never fails. All right, so now we're going to get into fantasy football, all right? So we are going to talk about some tips and tricks for uh, relatively new players, whether like maybe this is your first year, maybe second year, where you're relatively new to fantasy football. We've been doing it for quite a while now. We have some some legitimate experience in this, so we 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 know some things to look for. To we know some things to look you know out for, like to stay away from. So we're going to give you some tips on that. We're also going to give you uh, some bust. We're going to give you some breakout, and we're going to give you some sleepers way down in the draft that you can get super late. So. I'm going to start us off with, with my tips and tricks. Um, I'm just going to do one. I'm just going to do one of my tips and tricks, and then we'll just do one at a time, and then we'll do our, the three, each individual person's three tr- tips and tricks. So my number one, this is the most important thing in fantasy football. All right, well, I, I don't care what kind of league you're playing in. I don't care how experienced you are. I, it doesn't even matter if you watch NFL games. All right, the number one most important thing for you to do in your fantasy league is pay attention all right so just be locked in like every week like on tuesday look at the waiver wires find out who is up and coming that you can get all right pay attention to that also at like i said i know i said like i know i said like it doesn't matter if you watch the games but watch the games all right so watch them you're gonna find some stuff in those games you're gonna notice things just from watching like that you're going to see that, like, even though they, whatever player didn't accumulate a certain amount of stats, you can see that somebody was getting targeted a lot. You can see that, like, they were trying to get this person the ball, or these plays were designed for this person. Watch the games. You can pick up little things. And just the whole season, pay attention. Make sure you have a starting lineup in every week with players that are actually playing in games that week. Just that It's that simple. Just pay attention. That's my number one. Number one tip is just Pay close attention. You will do so much better than an average fantasy player if you are literally just paying attention. You guys agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Definitely. I, I agree. Mean, as much as we like to prepare for fantasy football and stuff and try to break down what we think is going to happen, 
at the end of the day, if you have a starting lineup in there, no matter if you're projected to lose or win or whatever, at the end of the day, it is a certain amount of luck. So if you have a starting lineup in there, if you're projected to lose by 30, you can still win. Like, so just making sure you have a starting lineup can work wonders. If you don't have a starting lineup fully set, your likelihood of winning drops dramatically. So. Yeah. Um, pretty much. I pretty much echo what Ben said. I mean, just making sure that you have a roster set. Just making sure that you have a roster set um, every single week. Make sure you have no openings. Um, you know, in a lot of fantasy football is luck. I mean, it's nice to have kind of the big players, but obviously you can't predict injury. You can't predict, you know, the guys that are going to have the the fantastic weeks. I mean, you know, some guys are going to have down weeks. I mean, you could literally, which I know we're going to touch on this, but you can literally blow your first round pick on a quarterback and him only put get you like five ten points so like which that is definitely something we're going to talk about but um yeah a lot of fantasy football is just luck so just make sure that you have every single spot on your roster field um at all times and just make sure to pay attention to that so all right who's next we've got next tip you go tanner go ahead yeah so i'll i guess i'll kind of you know expand on the on the whole quarterback thing um do not take a quarterback first round. Do not do it. Spend that pick on a receiver or a running back. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, I know it does because, you know, you've got your big-name quarterbacks, you've got your Lamars, you've got your, you know, your Patrick Mahomes, those guys that are going to produce every single week. But you can get the exact same amount of production out of a guy that you can take later on. So you've missed out on, say, like a Justin Jefferson or a Derrick Henry, Chris Olave. You've missed out on all of these guys by picking a quarterback that you can get the exact same production out of with maybe a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick, you know. So I would – that is one of the biggest piece of advices that I think I can give a new fantasy player is do not pick a quarterback with your first-round pick. Wait on it and get a position player. That will benefit you so much. Uh, I have to point out, he's talking about single-quarterback leagues. Yes, now, yes, yeah, now two-quarterback two leagues. Two-quarterback leagues slash superflex, things change a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that is, that is completely different. But he's talking about single-quarterback. Yeah, because in our dynasty, so for instance, kind of even expanding on that, in our dynasty league that we play, um, all of us play in a dynasty league together, and it's a two-quarterback league. So I, I mean, when it comes to that, quarterbacks are unbelievably important. So my two quarterbacks in that league are Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure you know just, you know they they, it's not a flex, but I did win the league last year. Just just throwing that out there, but so. In that case, yes, it is extremely important to pick a quarterback pretty, pretty quick, especially a young quarterback that you have the longevity factor with because you know that they're going to be there. So, yeah, but a one-quarterback league, do not do not waste a pick on a quarterback first. Get the production of a good um, receiver, running back, 
in some cases, maybe a tight end, but there's really only, really only Travis Kelsey is probably the only the only tight end that I could really justify picking in the first round. But maybe Darren Waller, but outside, maybe not even Darren Waller. This year, it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, there's no other option. But yeah, I would not take a quarterback with your first round pick. So, what about you, Ben? Um, I agree that none of them should probably go in the first round. Um, I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are projected to go in the second right now with Jalen Hurts, I believe, as well. Um, I think we have done a better job recently of putting quarterbacks in the spots that they're supposed to go. So, like, the difference between getting, like, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know those guys are going to score every week. Like, 20 points is a bad week for those guys. Yeah. As where, like, if you take a quarterback later down the list, like um, Trevor Lawrence or something, like, he's going to have those big, huge upside weeks, but he also might have a week where he gets you, like, 15 or 10 or something. And if your quarterback gets 10 or 15 points, you're probably not winning that week. Um, Unless your position players go off. Yeah, so that's the, that's the trade-off, though, is if you're not getting – Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, you're going to be getting players like Chris Olave, um, like Josh Jacobs or Jonathan Taylor potentially back there um, because they fell with their contract situations. But it, Josh Jacobs just signed. Um, it looks like Jonathan Taylor is supposed to be getting traded. Who knows what's going to happen with that? So, Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, one thing I, I do want to uh, – kind of amend my pay attention tip and trick here one thing that i forgot to mention as part of the paying attention is know your league rules all right every league has different settings as far as scoring your roster all that and that including what the it includes like with that two quarterback versus one quarterback thing so like it know what how your league is set up because that changes how you draft know if it's ppr half ppr non-ppr know if you only have to start one running back two running backs like those things are very very important and yep. it, it completely changes how you draft. It's major, major differences. It doesn't sound like much, but it is huge. So pay attention to that. Kind of know what kind of point, what kind of scoring system you have. Like there are some scoring systems I know that like most of the standard quarterback t- like passing touchdowns is four points. But there's a lot of leagues out there now where passing touchdowns are worth six points. And if that happens, then your rushing quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts they're not as valuable anymore. Because part of what makes them so valuable is their rushing touchdowns are worth six points versus Justin Herbert's passing touchdown is worth, did I say, yeah, the rushing touchdown is worth six versus Justin Herbert's passing touchdown is only worth four. So it completely changes how rankings are, are, are worth, you know. So so pay attention to the league rules, the league settings. It makes big, big differences. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I did a um, draft here recently that I thought was non-PPR. And for example, like paying attention is a huge deal. I completely missed the fact that um, it was actually a PPR league. So I have like really big play wide receivers that are only going to catch like maybe three to four, six on a good day passes. As where in a PPR league, you want someone that might not get as many of those big play opportunities but they're going to have like 10 to 13 targets a game. Right. So they're going to catch more passes. In a full PPR, Cooper Cup may be the number one overall pick. I did thankfully get Cooper Cup in that league. Wow. So 
And I have Travis Kelsey too. So I came out pretty good for not knowing that it was PPR. But um, for those that don't know, PPR means points per reception. So every catch they get, they get a full point. Correct. Yes. And that is becoming increasingly more popular. Um, I, I, it is a bit ridiculous. Uh, half PPR. I do enjoy half PPR though. Um, but anyway, all right. Now up to uh, tip and trick number two. I'm going to go with don't stray too far away from the rankings. Um, these guys, these fantasy websites and stuff, they've been doing this for a very, very long time. And they have tons of analytics and statistics. They are very smart and they are very good at what they do. Do they get some stuff wrong every once in a while? Yes, they do. But and just if so, if you have some kind of player you feel icky about, you can stay away from that guy. That's fine. But don't if somebody is projected to go two and a half rounds later, don't drop down and pick that guy. All right, that you're you're dropping too far. Stay relatively close. You can drop down 10, 15 picks if you want to, but don't drop 25 picks. Okay, stay really relatively close because these guys know what they're talking about. They are very good at their jobs. So just just be reasonable. That's what I'm saying. I think probably the most I would drop is a round and a half, but that that would be for more advanced players as well that kind of have played for a long time and know what to look for in a breakout. If they feel super confident in a guy, I would go up to a round and a half. But anything more than that, like you said, I mean, these guys get paid to break down NFL games and put guys where they need to be for fantasy. So if you think you know that much more than they do, you probably don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tanner, what's the furthest you've ever dropped to pick a player? Probably a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, man. I don't know, actually. Um, trying to think. Maybe... Maybe two rounds because I took a chance. Uh-huh. Probably. I don't remember. Don't, who, oh, okay. I, I don't remember who it was. Okay. Like I tried not to. I try not to stray too far off of projections now. Like unless the only time I do, and this is just my personal opinion, the only time that I do is when they've been hit with the injury bug. Like honestly, that's one reason that I haven't drafted Saquon is gotcha. I don't. I'm sorry, I don't trust that he's going to stay healthy. Like, I just don't. So, that's probably some... <laughs> what are you laughing at, bro? I know who's Tanner's biggest reach is, I, and I he's done it two years in a row. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Struck- yeah. So, okay. So, here... Okay. So, I got to expand yeah, on this now. Okay. So, in... <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, two years ago, um, I, as a joke, I took Nathan Peterman with my last pick. Okay, that if it's and, the last pick, that's not. What yeah, I'm but about. is that who you were talking about, Ben? Yeah, that's who I was talking yeah, about. That's but not, so just that's like, not the pick I was, <laughs> I was just. It was funny to talk. I to took you. I took Nathan Peter Peterman with my last pick, and I won the league that year. And then last year, I done it again with my last pick, and I came in second. So there's something to that, man. I'm telling you, like. Y'all can y'all already know who my last pick is this year. So that's one of Tanner's tips and tricks. In yes. your last round of your draft, just take Nathan Peterman, you and you will at least be in the championship. Yes. 
He is the goat for a reason. <laughs> the, the reach that I was thinking about was two years ago picking Dak Prescott in the first round. Oh yeah, but okay, and that's no, I, so I learned my lesson from yeah, that. So that's and that's why he's saying no quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. that's one reason. Yeah. That's one reason that I said that was it was I think it was two years ago. It was either two or three. Yeah. I took Dak with the first round, and that was the year that they were putting up through his injury like 40, 50 points a game. So it was paying off. Like Dak was putting up 40, 50 points for me those first three or four weeks. And then when he got injured, obviously I lost my first round pick and I was fighting to not get demoted that year. I know I was. I'm pretty sure the last. By the way, a lot of listeners have no idea oh, yeah. what you're talking about as far as demotion. Yeah, so, so. We're not going to get into that. Yeah, we won't. Yeah. um, It's basically he, how our league is set up. He was so. fighting not to be last place. Basically. Not to be last yeah. place, yeah. So, um, any, anyway, don't pick a quarterback. And I have personal experience from that. So, <laughs> don't pick a quarterback yes. first round. Um, My next one would probably be draft your defense in the last round and Make sure that they have a good week one matchup because you're probably going to end up drop. Well, not probably. You're going to end up dropping them at some point whenever they have their bye or if they're playing a really good offense, you're not going to want to start them anyways. So waiting until the last round, I actually meant to say kicker in the last round, but defense and kicker both are way down there. So Unless you're drafting Nathan Peterman. Yes. So <laughs> kickers and defense should be drafted way later. Defenses, because really all that matters is their week one matchup. And then after that, I'm looking at the waivers and I'm literally just playing who can I pick up that has the best matchup. And by matchup, I mean the worst offense that they're going against. Because that offense probably isn't going to put up a lot of points and your defense loses points every time the other team scores. So that that would be my advice there. And for kickers, it's just completely random. I mean, even Justin Tucker is an elite kicker, but there may be some weeks that he gets like three points because the Ravens scored three touchdowns and he gets three extra points and kicks zero field goals. So it's just completely random with kickers. So. I do want to say this really quick. If you are listening and you play do play in a league with no kickers, God bless you. Like you are doing things the right way. Yes. So we yes. we have. I'm pretty sure there's been three years in a row we have voted to get rid of kickers, and the vote has gone in favor of the kickers every single time. I don't understand what. I happened. don't understand it. Uh, but anyway, we're still stuck with kickers right now. Yes. At this point, I'm pretty sure it's just a running joke to just try to make us mad. But pretty much, <laughs> we we were one vote away this year. We were we're getting closer. Closer, yes. Yes. But so uh, I my third tip and trick was basically the same as Ben's. It was don't take a kicker or a defense until one of the final three rounds. So save both of those positions for the final three rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to, if you have like a major sleeper as far as other position players that you just know nobody else is going to pick, you might as well save that for the last round. So you can take a defense kicker in the second to, and third to last round. So I have one more and this one's kind of it's kind of out there for me, but it works. And I just started doing this probably about two or three years ago. But one of the most underdrafted positions that I feel like is the most important is the tight end position in fantasy. So one thing that I've started trying to prioritize 
is making sure that I have my starting tight end. Obviously, a lot of things play into that, like where you're drafting, um, you know, who's left on the board. So a lot of things do play into this, but try to have your starting tight end within the first three or four rounds. And I know that sounds crazy, but your tight end position is criminally underappreciated in fantasy football, in my opinion. Like, somebody like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews is pretty much Lamar Jackson's safety net on certain plays. So he's going to get, you know, he's going to get touches. He's going to get receptions. I mean, tight end is very important. So that's something that I personally have really tried to prioritize, and it's really worked out for me. It, it really has, so... Yeah, there, there's there's such a wide range of, of, you know, varying outcomes for different tight ends. Those, those top three or four guys, there's such a massive difference between those mm-hmm. guys and the rest of the field. Yep. The rest of the field, you're lucky if you get five points yep. from those guys in a week. Um, those, But those top guys, I mean, you can easily get over 20 points, yep. you know, Easy. from those guys. The, the, but the rest of the field, like, if you get five, you're happy with them. Yep. You know, so, like, it, it's a those top few guys are, are definitely make a big difference for sure. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have, you're going to give up some major draft value, though. Like, you're, you you're going to have to give up, you know, some, some other top players to get them for sure. But if you get lucky with, because obviously injuries play a very, injuries are a big deal in fantasy football. But if you can get lucky and them stay healthy, it will really, really pay off for you. So I think what that really boils down to is you're trying to find the best positional advantage Mm -hmm. and having one of the best tight ends is a huge advantage over other teams because there's only really three or four guys that get that every season that are consistent starting tight ends and then everyone else is just hoping to fill in a waiver wire or something and hope that they get six points Mm -hmm. as where if you have a consistent starter each week, they're probably getting you 10 to 12 unless they're Travis Kelsey and he just scores 30 every week somehow. Um, But so that positional advantage, you're getting six to 10 points a week at one position that can definitely make a big difference. So very much so. Um, If you don't get one of those top guys, by the way, I would recommend just completely waiting on the position and not going drafting one in like the sixth or seventh because after those top few guys, like we said, it's pretty much just waiver wire game at that point. Yeah, so great, yeah. great tip. Yeah. If yeah. you don't if you don't get one of those top guys, there's no point of taking one after. Yeah, that. and that's why that's why I made sure to say obviously a lot plays into that. Like your draft pick, who's still on the board, who's right. off. Yeah. So just just be smart about it. But if you can pick up one of those top tight ends, I would really recommend doing it. Yeah. I agree with that. Any yeah. other tips and tricks? Are we done? Everybody got theirs out of the way? I think we covered some pretty good stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, now we're going to move into busts. You all cool with doing busts first? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So I'll start it off. My number one. So so I'm going to kind of explain what a bust is. Um, and I'll explain the sleeper and the breakout when we get there, too. So a bust to us is going to be somebody that's drafted highly uh, that is probably – 
that is going to be a starting player for sure, and you're probably drafting them as your number one or number two player at that position. And you'd think that they are just not going to be anywhere close to the value that you're drafting them at. Uh, so my number one is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is being drafted as like the number nine or ten running back, which means he is your number one running back on your team. I He scares me to death with this contract stuff, plus the injury that he's got. I don't even know what his injury is, but I, I'm scared that he's going to use the injury as kind of a, a contract negotiation tool, and he's just going to keep, uh, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, and just keep saying he's hurt. He's going to play the minimum amount that he that he has to this year to get his contract, and if that happens, you wasted your pick. Mm-hmm. You got nothing out of that. And he is I he scares me to death that you literally may not get any value out of him at all. And he, you're having to draft him so probably second round. You're having to draft him so high. Those are major players right there. You can be getting guaranteed production. And Jonathan Taylor is not guaranteed production. He scares me to death. So you're saying that he's staying on the Indianapolis Colts. You don't think he gets traded? No, I don't think he's going to get traded. Uh, even if he does get traded, I mean, the the teams that he's rumored to go to, there's so much running back competition on all the teams he's rumored to go to anyway. The, so. the Dolphins are at the top right now. Who's challenging him the there? The Dolphins have like a five-man running back committee, plus that scheme is designed for straight speed. Like He is not going to perform well in that in that system like they want the crazy fast dudes that are just going to burn everybody Jonathan Taylor isn't that guy so the only reason I say that is because if he does end up going to the Dolphins he will be their goal linebacker yes and touchdowns are so valuable especially for running backs in fantasy that if Jonathan Taylor is the goal linebacker in that high-powered offense he's going to get double-digit touchdowns like he will. Okay, so let's say he did, let's say if he did go to the Dolphins, he would perform really, really well. The just the chance of that not happening and being at least fifty percent, that scares me to death. Like it's that's such a high risk. It's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth your second round pick. Don't do it. I I actually agree with you, but I'm just throwing it out there. Um, that could kind of go back into another tip is if there's questions about one of your first two to three picks you probably shouldn't draft that guy. Like, if there's question marks around him, you don't know more than anyone else. So, probably shouldn't draft him. Right. All right, what's what's your bust, then? Or what are your busts? My bust is going to be pretty controversial, I think. Okay. Um, I think Jamar Chase is a bust this year. Oh, wow. wait, bro. What? Yes. <laughs> And my reasoning why. Like one of the most guaranteed players on the history of the NFL. Here's my thing. He's a first rounder too. Like one hundred percent. So or third pick. Yeah. He he is projected to go number two right after Justin Jefferson. Oh my god. So that is part of the reason that I have him as a bust because he's not going to get the same target share that Justin Jefferson is getting in Minnesota. And he plays for Cincinnati, which Joe Burrow is a great quarterback and can spread the ball around. But he's also competing with T. Higgins and um, I cannot Tyler think Boyd. Tyler Boyd. So he's got elite competition. Joe Mixon can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he his ADP last year was absolutely insane, which is average depth per target. Um, I forget exactly what it was, but it was one of the highest in the league, which 
is a good thing for high upside, but I see that coming down this year. And his um average route one, even with that high ADP, was still one of the top in the league, which is why he's ranked so high. So I do get that aspect of like, yes, his ceiling is all the way up there, but he's being drafted at his ceiling. Like he can't go up. Well, uh, so. okay. So the, I, my, I have a, I don't agree with that because one, a lot of the stuff that you mentioned about as far as him competing with T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, uh, I mean, he's been doing that. That's what, like, it's not like a change this year. That's what he's been doing. And he's been doing great. Yeah. So. But has he finished as a top 12 receiver? Yes, Ben. Like, he what? was hurt all last season. I, he was in his rookie season. He was in the top twelve, and even when he was hurt last year, he was probably still top twelve. I don't know exactly. What like in is. games that he played, yeah. I'm talking but. even with his injury. I mean, he, he didn't. He didn't miss more than half the season. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna check it. So anyway, I I completely disagree with Ben. I don't know what he's thinking about. He's just jealous I have Jamar Chase on my dynasty team. That's all this is. He's jealous I have Justin Jefferson. Holy cow, bro! Good grief! I mean, I mean, if you're yeah, right, that's... bro, it's a good call. If you're right, it's a good call. We'll oh, talk at the end of the season. Holy cow! Oh, for your sake! Good grief, <laughs> man! Gosh, while Ben's looking that up, go ahead and give us a bus, Tanner. All right. I feel like this one is obvious. The only reason that I feel like I even have to reiterate this is because he is the seventh-ranked quarterback on the list, which is absolutely mind-numbing to me. But it's Justin Fields. Like, Okay, just, I, I gotta take a bust off my list. Now. Like, no. Okay, <laughs> like... Uh, yes, he does have... Yes, he does have some weapons, especially with Chase Claypool. I... DJ Moore's okay, but like he does have a couple of big names. Cole commits really a really good tight end as well. But Justin Fields is one of the worst decision makers in the NFL quarterback, like in of any NFL quarterback I think I've seen. Like I, I don't really even feel like I have to explain this. Like to have him the seventh ranked fantasy quarterback is absolutely mind blowing. It's to me. all like. Like that's yeah. where they have him ranked there. It's yeah. literally all rushing upside. He's um, electric with his feet, yeah. but he just let me let me no. I, I agree with you. Uh but there are going to be like at least two games this year where yeah. Justin Fields gets like forty points because of how much he's rushing the ball. Okay, so you will go what, ten you will go two yeah. and probably I'm not saying twelve two and eleven, I'm not two and twelve. It's worth it. Like <laughs> here's why you don't want a guy like that as your quarterback. Okay. So at the end of the year, he could have a few weeks like that to where at the end of the year, he he literally could finish the year as a like the seventh best quarterback. He could do that, but the prob the volatility in his in, in his games, he could have mm-hmm. like four weeks where he scored forty yeah. and another five weeks where he scored ten. And, and you can't from the quarter. If your quarterback yeah. is scoring ten points, you are losing that week. You're going to lose. You you cannot recover from even that. with even with a quarterback because I know this kind of goes along with what we talked about, like staying away from quarterbacks. If you draft a quarterback, you want to have the consistency. Like of any, not not even that's pretty much any fantasy player, but especially a fantasy quarterback. Like you want to at least have some sort of consistency. So you're just, and that's one reason that I want to stay away from Justin Fields as well, is you're not going to get that. Right. You're just not. So Jamar Chase finished as the 11th receiver last season. Okay. But (laughs) even when he missed several games, he probably missed like five games. So my thing with the the weighing in on the Justin Fields debate, though, I 
don't think it is possible for him to be a bust in fantasy. I do not like the guy as an NFL prospect quarterback, but his rushing upside is so high that for fantasy football, that is a big deal. And he just added DJ Moore, which I personally don't think is like one of the elite receivers that a lot of people are hyping him up to be. But that receiving core is really good now. Even if they don't have a solidified number one, they have DJ Moore, um, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney. With at, Cole Komet at tight end, too. At what? Is it Komet? I thought it was Komet. Komet. Is it Komet? Komet? Okay, who cares? Yeah, but anyway. what? Okay, <laughs> what round, in your opinion? Keep in mind, he is the seventh-ranked quarterback on here. What round would you genuinely take Justin Fields at? I would take him in the fifth round. I think he's going in four or five right now. I legitimately would. You're great. That is way so, too high. Just for, for fantasy. Fields, dude? Yeah, just for Here, fantasy. Here's, here's I, I, Ben is right, but my biggest bust concern for Justin Fields is injury. I, he has, because of how much he runs, he has a very high injury risk. Uh, and that terrifies me. Because if he gets, if he tears his ACL week three, there goes your quarterback. You're done. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. over. You so, know, so I don't want a quarterback that's running around that much because that I don't want the that the the position that I rely on for consistency to have a high injury risk. That terrifies me. I get what you're it. saying with the torn ACL, but that can come from a running back or receiver that you'd be drafting in that round, anyways. Like that but could just happen. To replace. So what I'm saying though is for Justin Fields specifically, yes, quarterbacks that run a lot are more likely to get injured. But the way that Justin Fields runs, I would actually say of the running quarterbacks, he's one of the least likely to get injured because he's very smart with how he runs. He does not take big shots. You're right about the way he runs, but I think that his most likely way of getting injured is being in the pocket because his pocket awareness is a, probably the worst pocket awareness in the history of the NFL. He has no idea where the blitz is coming from. He can't feel it. He doesn't know when somebody's going to blindside him. He has no idea. You guys are literally making my case right now. Well, Brandon is, yeah. at least. So he has no clue. He has no clue where he's getting pressured from. So that's his most likely way of getting hurt, not running, actually a running play. I, I get that, but you said that he was very likely to get hurt because of his running stuff. If he gets hurt in the pocket, I mean, those are 300-plus pound guys falling on you. That's going to hurt. Like, yeah. But he, he's he, also very tough. He I've seen he him take tough. some shots in the pocket and just yeah. get up like nothing happens. So here's the thing. It, it, if Justin Fields is going to perform enough to be the number seven, he can't. it can't just be rushing. He's going to need. He's going to need to have some passing added to that, and I agree with Tanner. I just don't see it coming. I, I so I'm gonna I'm gonna extend this conversation by going into my next bust. My next bust is DJ Moore. DJ Moore, every single year, mm. every year is hyped up as if he's going to be this elite receiver. Like yeah. every, and it's yeah. all even the people that I just talked about earlier in this episode about being really smart about their rankings. I I don't under. Every single year, DJ Moore is like around the number 10 to 12 area. And it's like every year, 
Where is he at? Like, what's 32. he doing? What's he doing? He never does anything. Like, like this same thing happened with Allen Robinson when he was on the Bears and going, like, and when he went to the Rams, it, that was the guy they did. And then as soon as they realized, oh man, Allen Robinson actually isn't that good. It's like, all right, now DJ Moore is the guy. DJ Moore is that guy. Every single year, we're gonna hype him up as if he's going to be this elite receiver, yeah. but he never does anything. So, he's never done anything with the Panthers. When he had people that actually threw the ball down the field and could actually, you know, understand what a defense is doing, even though he didn't have elite quarterbacks, he actually had a quarterback playing quarterback. Now he has a running back playing quarterback. He's going to be even worse. He is going to be the central guy on the team. They're going to try to get him the ball, but Justin Fields isn't going to be able to get him the ball. All right. Plus, I don't think DJ Moore is good. Like, he's an average receiver at best. But he's hyped up as if he's elite. So he is going to be another bust. I feel very confident about this. Stay away from DJ Moore. Don't draft him. I do think DJ Moore is going to be a bust. I actually think he'll have some good weeks because from what I've seen so far, the offensive scheme they're kind of building there is get the ball out super fast, which is to protect Justin Fields not being aware in the pocket. But get the ball out super fast. Let your guys like DJ Moore, let your guys like Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, who are all great after the catch, let those guys make some plays. And DJ Moore on a screen pass is one of the more deadly receivers in the league. The My problem with DJ Moore is he can get open down the field, but is he going to catch the ball down the field? I don't believe in his hands. But on a screen pass, you don't have to worry very much with that. And I do think in the open field, he's one of the more dangerous receivers. So I don't think that he's going to be very good. But I do think he'll have some, like, breakout weeks. Right. I'm assuming you agree with all that. Yeah, there's literally nothing to add there. Like, I just, yeah. All right, Ben, what's your next bust? My next bust, I'm going to have to look at it real quick because I forgot. (laughs) I thought it was Tanner's turn and I wasn't ready. Um, my next one is Debo Samuel. I like it. Oh. Yeah. And my reasoning for that is because he is a very overhyped as a receiver. Now, again, my thing for DJ Moore is in the open field, there is no better receiver than Debo. Yeah. Debo is the best open field receiver. Right. But as far as like an actual pure receiver goes for route running and catching, I still think he's good. But I don't think he's as good as like what everyone thinks he is. I actually think Brandon Ayuk is better at that. Um, but I just Brock Purdy coming into the season, we don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent healthy. Everything is pointing that he probably is starting week one now, but you still don't. It's not a hundred percent. And um, Sam Darnold has actually apparently been impressing everyone in training camp, but. At some point, if a guy just isn't an NFL quarterback, you're just not an NFL quarterback. So I don't believe in Sam Darnold, and I think Brandon Ayuk is actually a better, like, pure receiver. So so you don't believe in Sam Darnold? So you just... Yeah, but I, I'm saying that for Debo. So, like, Brock Purdy... Brock Purdy starting, though. Yeah. Sam yeah. Darnold's not. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, coming into the season, we don't even know if Sam Darnold is... or. Brock Purdy is healthy. So I mean, he just played in the preseason game last week. Yeah, but it, can he sling the ball downfield? Like he seemed to be slinging it. In are the you talking? Game. Are you talking like healthy from an injury perspective? Or are you talking like a football? Like can he get the job done? Like what? I'm saying injury, but like okay, yeah, but 
I just don't know if he's as good as everyone thinks he is. Like, his story is being hyped up, too, because he was Mr. Irrelevant, and then he ended up taking over the starting job. I think he's a starting-level quarterback. Story I do. or not, dude, I mean, you cannot deny what that dude done in the one-loss oh, column last year. Yeah. Like, I, you can't deny it. I I like him, but I don't think he's, like, an elite-level quarterback, which no one's saying he's elite, but I think he's probably 15 for me at quarterback, which is good, but... I don't think it's enough to support two legit receivers and they still have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Who's a great receiving back. Elijah Mitchell is still a great running back to take touches away from his rushing Debo's rushing. And then Brandon Ayuk is a good enough receiver to take receptions away from his receiving and not to mention George Kittle as well. So I just, I there's, too many variables that could go wrong for Debo to be drafted where he's at, in my opinion. I agree with that. Yeah. All right, Tanner, what you got? Next so question. mine is kind of my next one. Um, I feel like he's kind of on the edge. Um, but I've got I've got Mike Williams or Mike Evans. Sorry, I've got uh Mike Evans, and I, I've tried. Look, I've tried to take up for this guy as much as I can. But I just I can't anymore. It it's just strictly because I just I just don't trust Baker Mayfield, bro. I just don't. I'm sorry. Like I've tried to take up for him, and it's the injury. It's everything from can Baker get the ball to him, and then can Mike Evans stay healthy? I literally feel like he is out multiple games every single season. His production in the games that he plays is fantastic. But that's obviously when you had, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. And then you had another quarterback, though he was throwing 30 interceptions in a season, he was still slinging the ball around. And I just, Baker's not going to be able to do that. So I've got Mike Evans as my next player. This is, this is crazy um, that you feel that way because I have been completely against Mike Evans his entire career and completely against Baker Mayfield his entire career. I actually think Mike Evans is going to do very good this year. Seriously. I, I, this is the highest I've ever been on Mike Evans, wow. and here's why. Because I think Baker Mayfield is a lot closer to Jameis Winston than you think he is. Dude is a one-read, sling-it dude. And he has – the one positive thing about Baker Mayfield is he has a good deep ball. Yeah. What does Mike Evans do? Nothing deep. but the deep yeah. ball. So Baker Mayfield, if the, if the play is designed to go to – Mike Evans, which most of them are going to be designed mm-hmm. to go to Mike Evans, especially in the red zone. Baker Mayfield's not doing more than one read. He's 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 going to throw him the ball. He's going to throw. He doesn't care if he's double covered or not. He's going to throw the ball up downfield. He's going to sling it, and there's going to be some big plays that, that end up working out. And Baker Mayfield's going to be running around with his arms up in the air, and then the media is going to hype him up like he did something good. But he just actually has a receiver that matches his play style this year. Mm-hmm. Now Baker Mayfield's still going to throw a lot of interceptions. He's going to have a bad year. But Mike Evans is going to be a beneficiary of that. He he is yeah. going to make some big plays. Um, so this is the highest I've ever been on Mike Evans. See, and maybe it's just maybe it's not as much an anti Mike, which it's not even an anti Mike Evans. Like I like Mike Evans. Like I've drafted him a lot in fantasy in the past. But I feel like it is more of a Baker Mayfield thing for me with this bust in particular than right. it is a Mike Evans thing with okay. this bust in particular. Um, which I hate to say because I've, I mean, you guys know me, like I've been on the Baker train literally since he got in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I've got Mike Evans as my, as my next bust. 
Do you so. all have more bust, or is that it? I've got one more that okay. I've got to say. We, we got it. We're gonna have to pick up the pace a little bit, but let's go. Yeah. Um, my next one is Tony Pollard. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just down on the Cowboys in general, as we've already stated. Oh my um, god! <laughs> but not only am I down on Man. him, um, I think that. Deuce Vaughn is way better than people think he is. And if Tony Pollard is in a timeshare, there is no way that he's living up to his ADP, which I know he has the big play potential. I mean, he but, was in a timeshare last year, and he did really good. Yeah. I Well, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be as good as they were last year. Okay. So I think the team takes a step back, and he's Deuce Vaughn is better than Ezekiel Elliott. Or, like... Having Deuce Vaughn right now is better than having Ezekiel Elliott last year. I agree with that. So he has more competition now. Probably still going to be a timeshare is what I'm predicting. And I don't think the Cowboys are going to be winning very many games. So Okay. I don't feel super strongly about that one way or the other. Yeah, what about you, Tanner? Um, This one or my next bust? No, that one in particular? Um. I could very much see Deuce Vaughn having more rushing guards than Tony Pollard at the whoa, end of the year. Whoa, whoa. I could. That is, that, um, that's, that's a hot take. Yeah. You should have added that in the bold predictions. Episode. I could. That is crazy. I can see that. Just because of how electric. One, how electric Deuce Vaughn is. Like, he is that. He, okay, first of all, he's not getting more carries than Tony Pollard this year. I don't see to, I don't see Tony Pollard making it through the season is another reason that I say that. Do I don't see no 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 not 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 from a cut from an injury perspective. I don't think Tony I don't think Tony Pollard stays healthy. Does he have a history of injury? I don't I'm not aware of that. Last year. So last it, I'm pretty sure it was either last year or the year before. It wasn't really injury concerns as much as it was if they gave him all the touches, could there be an injury concern? And it was um, a stamina question last year as well. Because when Zeke got hurt and he took over for those two games and played absolutely amazing, I might add. He did play insane. Mm-hmm. I can't take anything yeah. away from those games that he played without Zeke last year. But they were questioning like, oh, this dude is completely gassed now and he's had two weeks as our starting running back. So they there were some concerns coming about coming out about his stamina, which I'm sure an entire offseason he's preparing to be the number one back. He's probably fixed some of the stamina issues, but if you don't have a lot of energy to go through an entire NFL game, going through an entire NFL season is going to be difficult as well. Okay. I may fall flat on my face for that take. Like, I genuinely may. I just, I am that high on Deuce Vaughn. You're crazy, dude. I am that Deuce high Vaughn's on Deuce good, Vaughn. But man, that's, that's I am wild. that high you, on him. You probably will. <laughs> if I, I'm prepared to fall flat on my face, but right. I am that high on him right. this year. All right, what's your last bust? My last bust, I'm sorry, Gabe. I love you, bro. It is nothing personal. And I know I'm going to hear about this when you get back, but Russell Wilson. Um, and it is, well, did you, did you see, where's he being drafted? Like, 12. So he's the 12, he's the 12th ranked quarterback. So he's right on that. He's okay. kind of right on the edge. I'll allow it. If, so if you, if you think he's going to be a bust, you better be thinking like, he's not finishing even like, like a top 20 quarterback. Like he's going to be in the bottom 10 starting. I could see. Cause if you, if you think, if you I could 10, see the t- the high, the highest I could see him rated would probably be 
and this is the, this is the highest, like best case scenario, would be between maybe 16 to 18. But I think he falls anywhere between 18 to 24, 18 to 25. And for Russell Wilson's expectations, like for right, so if everybody's expecting him to play better than he did last year, obviously, right. but with the new coach and with the expectations placed on him this year, I would consider... I would consider that a bust. So if he's if he's ranked twelfth and he finishes eighteenth, I don't know if I'd consider I consider that, that a bust. For right. Russell Wilson expectations. Oh, like I'm not but you, the number's already there though. Twelfth to eighteenth, yeah, that's a drop, but it's not like it's not like dropping from number seven to eighteen. You know, like twelve to eighteen is not anyway, we'll we'll let it go. Shut but up, I don't Justin really Fields. think that's a bust. Yeah. Um I definitely consider that a bust because <laughs> The offensive line, I mean, wait, especially wait, wait, with Paul. Jerry Judy going down. You're, you had two quarterbacks in your bust. I said don't do two. This was an honor. This is like my very, very last. Okay. Um, This was my – I did have another one that I didn't okay. get to. Well, you both but, listen to me. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, Dad. Um, But, um, yeah, with the, with the receivers and the offensive line, I just – I don't see a lot. I see Russell Wilson being a bust this year. Um, okay. I completely disagree with that take. Because he's going to have enough rushing yards this season. <laughs> I'm completely kidding, guys. Um, I don't think that Russ finishes as a top 12 quarterback. I think he'll be one of those guys that you can pick up off the waiver and start if your quarterback's on bye. But I would not trust him as an every week starting quarterback, which is what he's being drafted at in the 12-team league right now. So. I agree. I agree. I think that's what Tanner was trying to go for. Thank you, Ben. All right, so moving along, we're going to have to make the last two sections go a little quicker. Um, so at, we're next is breakouts, and for breakouts, we're going to consider that as people that are like mid-round draft picks, but that we think can be top five in their position. Um, so that would be a breakout season for them, and they haven't done that before. Uh, so mid-round draft pick you think is going to finish in the top five. They You think could finish in the top five in their position. So I'll start. Number one for me is Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones, um, honestly, I don't think Daniel Jones is elite, but I think he is very athletic and is capable of leading a team to victory. Basically, this comes down to Brian Dayball. I, Brian Dayball is a genius that they've, they've finally got healthy receivers this year. Saquon Barkley is a weapon, and they've added Darren Waller. I think that really opens things up where the offense, he's going to have a huge season this year as well. And Daniel Jones, I just see him having a lot of rushing yards, not as many as like a Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields, but he does rush the ball a lot. And he's going to have a lot of big passing performances as well. So I think he can finish as a top five quarterback this year. Um, going back to... The bold predictions episode, I had him as a possible top three MVP candidate. So, obviously, I think he's going to have a massive year. Uh, and I, I feel pretty confident in that. I don't think it's possible for him to bust this year unless he gets injured. I, I don't see that happening. I definitely think that he finishes above where he's going right now. But I don't think he quite takes that leap all the way up to, like, top five. Um just because with Saquon being on basically the um, fifth-year option, even though he said he wasn't coming back on the fifth-year option, he 
or I meant franchise tag. Sorry, not fifth year option. Um, even though he said he wasn't playing on the franchise tag, he basically signed a deal that was the franchise tag. Um, but he's going to be looking to prove himself, which part of the numbers that he has to get is the most receiving yards in his career since his rookie season. So that could also help Daniel Jones as in like dumping it down to Saquon and then Saquon just tears it up because he's going for his contract. So I just don't believe in his, in his receivers still, which I know me and you have talked about privately off, like not on the podcast, but privately we've talked about, um, his, you think his receiving core has upgraded this season, which I think is better than it has been, but I still don't think it's very good. What do you think, Tanner? Anything to add? Um, no, care. I think the biggest thing. No, I think the biggest thing that could set Daniel Jones apart is is his legs. Yeah. Um, I would consider him as a runner. I would put him in at least top three, top five running quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, easily. Yeah, he's, um, he runs a lot more people than yeah. people realize. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that could definitely that could definitely set him up. He just gotta not trip over his own feet. Yes, when <laughs> you have a wide open his own. But um, right, Ben, what you got? So my breakout is Najee Harris. And the reason I have that is I'm super high on the Steelers. If you didn't listen to our um, bold predictions episode, I have them finishing number one in the AFC, which is very bold. But I think Kenny Pickett takes a step forward this season. Um, That receiving court is really good with Deontay Johnson, Johnson, George Pickens. And I actually forgot um, they have Calvin Austin as well who is a like also a deep threat burner to take the top off. Um their defense is elite, so I think they're going to be winning a lot of games if not like within a one possession game allowing them to run the ball more. And uh I think Najee Harris has a ton of talent. The only thing I'm worried about is the offensive line, but they have tried to make steps to improve that, but will it work? You, you never really know until after the season. Offensive line is kind of one of those things that either they gel or they don't. So you don't really know that until after the season starts. But I think that that defense is going to be good enough to keep them in enough games. Offense is going to be able to move the ball. And in the red zone, I don't think you're stopping Najee from getting in the end zone. So yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, just to speed this up a little bit, let's well, whoever makes their comments about whoever their sleeper or – or breakout is um whoever the other two people let's not we're not going to comment every time unless we have like some kind of specific question or point that we want to talk to you about so uh, moving on to tanner what do you what do you what's your next breakout um this one may shock some people but i've got chicka conquo the titans second year tight end okay Um, i I think you could have had him as a sleeper instead of a breakout because you can get him basically with the last pick of the draft yeah um it could go it could go either way the only reason that i put him as a breakout is because it is his second year but with obviously the titans offense you know if we can stay healthy having derrick henry in the backfield the titans love to run a two tight end set anyway so a good amount of time um he is going to be on the field so with Traylon burks and you know d hop you're gonna have the defenses are going to have so much to worry about. I truly think it opens Chicka Conquo up. And he is an absolutely amazing blocker as well. Like, I'm pretty sure he led um, 
I'm pretty sure he led rookie tight ends and per play efficiency last year as well. So like he is legit. This yeah, I, dude I, is legit. I think he's awesome. Yeah, I, I really do. I think he's fantastic. Is because rookie tight ends don't usually perform, no. and mm-hmm. he did perform. Yeah. Like he wasn't like yeah. crazy, but he showed you enough that you're like, dude, this guy can turn into something real. Yeah, you know. So I, I like that. I like that. I do think he would. I think yeah. he does fit the sleeper mold more than a breakout mold. Because for a tight end to be a breakout, I think that they probably need to finish as a top three or four tight end yep. to for them to actually be a breakout. I don't think that's going to happen for him this year, but I do think he can be very productive for mm-hmm. your team. Um, so, all right, uh, my next breakout, I've got James Cook. James Cook, uh, running back for the Bills. It, I, it's it's going to be hard uh, because it, the Bills have not used running backs hardly at all the past few seasons. But judging by what I'm hearing from camp and the way they're looking in preseason, it looks like they plan on using James Cook a lot this year, including in the passing game. And if nothing, if for nothing else, just to give Josh Allen a little bit of a break from all the contact that he's been taking the past couple years. So if they do that, I think James Cook could be in line for a massive season. Um, now, do I think he's going to finish like, the number two running back in the league? No, but he could finish around that five mark, if, especially if there's some injuries to some other bigger-name running backs. So I I can see James Cook having a massive, massive year this year. Um, so don't be surprised. I don't really have anything to add to that. No. Okay. I don't. All right, what's your next one, then? Um, my next one is Tua. And my reasoning for that is because he, he has – Two receivers going in the top two rounds. Sometimes Waddle's making it into the first. I don't think Waddle should go in the first, but he has two receivers going early in the top two rounds. And in order for those guys to produce, he's going to have to do well. And I think he's an accurate enough quarterback to throw the ball to those guys. And those guys are so electric that they're going to make a play with the football. Even if it's an inaccurate pass, Tyreek Hill is going to jump 45 inches and catch the ball somehow like obviously that's a little bit of an exaggeration but not as much as you would think that dude can jump um so i think the weapons that he's throwing to are just so electrifying that if he stays healthy all season which i know you think he's not going to but the nfl is cracking down on concussions they are trying to find a way to stop concussions and the injuries that he had last year were concussion related. Actually, some of that had to do with the helmet that they were trying out, in my opinion, because the protection was for pure impact from like the front. And his concussions, if you look, were all him being pulled down and sacked. His back of the head hitting and a counter coup concussion, which means you hit the back of your head and your brain rebounds and hit the front of your skull. So. You're right. If if he does play in every game this year, it's pretty much impossible for him not to be a, a really good quarterback this season. Um, I, I just it's just not it's just not going to happen. Like he, and it, either, I do think the helmet did have a part of what you're saying, and it's not even just concussions for him. He's just so frail and small that whenever he gets tackled. It's not like even like vicious hits or anything. It's not like anybody's like trying to hurt him. They're just tackling him and he's hitting the ground. He's literally just hitting the ground is hurting his body. Like it, like it, his body just cannot take it. Um, 
and you know, getting hit, getting hit and taken to the ground, like over and over and over again. Let's say you get hit and taken to the ground 15, 20 times. Like, okay, that's fine. But over the course of like a 10 week span, you're getting hit, taken to the ground a hundred times. His body's not going to be able to take that. It's just not. Um, so if he plays in more than like 12 games this year, I will be shocked. I will be blown away if he plays in more than 12. I think the Dolphins also saw what they looked like with him last year versus without. And their average depth of target was very far down the field, which with Tyreek and Waddle makes sense. But I believe in their coach enough to like kind of speed up to where he's getting the ball out faster so he's not getting hurt. By the way, they're also, I don't know how long he's out, but they're missing their starting left ta- or, or right tackle, right? Uh, that, that would be two with blindsided as right tackle. One of their big-time offensive linemen, I can't. I think the Armstead, is, is that Teron Armstead? Yeah, isn't he out for the first few weeks? Um, I didn't see anything about that, but I I could have just sure missed is. it. I don't think he's out for the year, but I do think he has some kind of injury where he's out for a few weeks at least. So that's scary. Well. Yeah, that would definitely be a big deal because with that being his blind side too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know how I feel about this dude. I don't yeah. need to tell you. I mean, I'm so high on Tua. Just in 13, game, in 13 games last year, he still threw for almost 3,600 yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just – he did put on – I think he did put on about 10, 15 pounds in the offseason. Um, so, I, I think – which <laughs> apparently he worked with like a – I think he worked with a mixed martial artist or something in the offseason to try to learn how to fall. I read that somewhere. Yeah, I, I like, yeah. So, I mean, which I don't know how you can teach yourself how to fall. But if he, I just completely disagree with you on the Dolphins. Like, I am so high on them. Um, so, yeah, even with to his injury, they still finished, what, 12 and 5 last year? No. no. What was it? What did they finish last year? I mean, I don't think they made the playoffs. No. I don't. It yeah. was, no, it maybe, wasn't 12. Maybe 9 and 8. Because they didn't make the playoffs. I remember them. Yeah, because they saw 12 and 5 on something. But anyway, I'm just so. They were not in it. Not in it. Okay. Okay. I don't know where I got. I I don't know where I got 12 (laughs) and 5. But yeah, I'm so high. I'm so high on the Dolphins, especially if he can stay. If he can stay healthy. So. Um, What's your next breakout? My next breakout is um, Jameer Gibbs. I think he finishes. I could see him finishing top five. Um, especially because of the offensive line. I mean, the Lions, pro football focus has the Lions as the fifth-ranked offensive line in the National Football League. So, um, and obviously with how Jared Goff looked last year, um, I think obviously you have the threat. If if he still plays this year like he did last year, you have the passing game threat as well, so that really opens up Jameer Gibbs more. So I could really see him ending up being a top-five running back at the end of the year. So let me ask you this. So last year, the way the the way the Lions did their running back room was DeAndre Swift was their main guy in the middle of the field. But as soon as they got close to the end zone at all, they put Jamal Williams in. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they plan on kind of doing the same thing this year with Jamar Gibbs and uh, David Montgomery. I, if that happens, then he's going to be capped on what he can really do. So what do you think about I that? just – I have it, – it may be a fantasy football thing because every single time I wasted a pick on David Montgomery, he ended up getting injured. I am just 
not high on David Montgomery whatsoever. Well, like, I just, I do not like him. I I could see them using David to give Jameer some reps off, but with how elusive he is, I mean, I could see, I could see Jameer breaking off 20, 30-yard runs, at least maybe one a game. Um, which I know that's, I know that's, maybe not one a game. That's probably a little, a little I don't much, think but that's crazy. But I do think David Montgomery is going to steal a lot of touchdowns. I, I think the Lions are going to use the same system they had last year. I hope not. I really hope not because I, and it's not as much. David Montgomery is this year's Jamal Williams. Like that, that's what's going to happen. I don't I think, think it's a fantasy football sore spot for me because I just don't. <laughs> I think it's a fantasy football sore so spot. The only thing that I have to say to that is, um, I actually wasn't as high on Jameer Gibbs coming into this draft, and then the Lions obviously thought differently, taking him in the first round. So that alone lets you know that his talent level. Um, I think he is a better running back than DeAndre Swift already, just based on the fact that. He can probably stay healthy for a full season. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he can, unlike DeAndre Swift. And I don't think David Montgomery is as good as a running back as Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. So I think close. Jamal Williams was a great backup running back, and David Montgomery could be a decent backup running back. Okay. Um, they have Jameer Gibbs listed first on there. Did you say? Did you say Jameer would be a good backup? No, David oh, Montgomery. Oh, okay, okay. So, so I was about to say, Jameer's listed first on their depth chart. My thing with Jameer as well is I think the Lions are going to run away with that division, and I know we've already had conversations about this, but I think they are the only team that finishes with a winning record in that division. That's crazy. Um, so that being said, I think they have quite a few games that they're winning pretty easily. Um, Jameer Gibbs could have a lot of rushing yards, so. Mm. All right, uh, we're going to have to pick up the pace even more. So, uh, one more bust from you guys, uh, and then we'll get into our sleep. One more bust? Yeah. I would just oh, go sorry, into sleep. One, one more breakout. Uh, so I, I, I want to say my, I, I've got three possible breakouts right here. I just want to see what you all say first. So go ahead and start with your breakout. So my last, breakouts, my last breakout is Brock Purdy. Um, I feel like I just, I'm so high on Brock Purdy, especially with how he played last year. He's still got the same weapons. You're not high on Debo, but I like Debo from a weapons perspective. Um, Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, um, that's another reason that I've stayed away from him in fantasy is he has been injury prone in the past. But with the system, the 49ers run, I honestly think this could be a breakout year for Brock Purdy. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ben? What's your last breakout? Um, My last one is Damian Pierce. If the Texans are better than people think they are, that dude has all the talent in the world. He didn't get a lot of attention last year because the Texans were awful, really, really bad. But if the Texans can find a way to put it together with C.J. Stroud and they're better than people think they are this year, that dude has all the potential. So So my my last breakout, I thought for sure that at least two of these – I, I thought the two I, – I have three names listed because I really thought you guys might have taken these guys. So I'm just going to say these real quick. One, Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks could really benefit from DeAndre Hopkins. If, if Traylon Burks can get really healthy. Texas, I already I, I already had Chig, awesome. so I didn't want to put two Titans in there, okay. but I thought about him. So the other one's Christian Watson. I thought Ben was going to take him for sure. Christian Watson is 
maybe the most athletic receiver in the NFL. Dude, well, left DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Other than those guys, <laughs> Christian Christian Watson <laughs> is so fast, and people don't. Sorry, I just hit the mic. Christian Watson is so fast, and people don't realize how like he's ridiculous. The, he could have a monster season. The only year. reason I didn't put him in there is because he's projected to go towards the back end of round two, beginning of round three. That's the only reason really? I didn't I have him in there. Yeah, he's early. projected to go very okay. high. Well, anyway, all right. So and my third one was I don't feel as strongly about him. Uh, it was just in case you all took the other two. It was Drake London. I think Drake. I don't feel as comfortable with that one, but I think Drake London. He is. He does have the talent. It just kind of matters whether or not the the quarterback position can can do well for him. Uh, anyway, all right. Moving on to sleepers. My I'm also I want to save that one for the end to see if you will take the other ones. Um, so I'm gonna go first. Hunter Renfro uh, is a big sleeper for me, and Ooh. here's why: is Jimmy Garoppolo is just the dump off king. He wants to throw short, 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 short all day long. Hunter Renfro is going to get a ton of reception. If you're playing PPR, I don't even know if Hunter Renfro counts as a sleeper. Like he, he needs to go earlier. He is going to catch so many passes this year. Uh, so I, I think Hunter Renfro, he's being picked way, way late. You can get him with like maybe the fourth or fifth to last round. I really think even in a non-PPR league, I think he, he might be starting on your roster more often than he's on your bench. I think he's going to do that good this season. So I feel really, really uh, highly about him. Renfro this season. I think he's going to do great. Uh, Tanner, you go next because I'm going to pair two together. Yeah. Um. So I have uh, Jared Goff because I, once again, I mean, with how he done last year, I see him doing even better this year. Um, he is, let me look. Because um, man, I don't, I didn't, I wouldn't even think about considering him a sleeper. I, 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 I didn't think he was ranked that low. Uh, I mean, he's not ma- He's not massively. He's not extremely. Let's see. He's twentieth. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's yeah. That's yeah. Um, he's the twentieth. So wow. I just once again, man, with how he played last year, that feels low. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know he was that low. Yeah. yeah. So um, I really see him taking another step forward this year like okay. people write him off since he's been with the lions he has not looked bad like he's been good i'll say this i'm i'm taking him over russell wilson all day yeah all day gabe i'm sorry but yeah. i am too no, like, not, not i am even, too not even a thought yeah <laughs> obviously you all know how i feel about the lions so yeah. I, I yeah. would do the same thing yeah um so my two that i'm kind of pairing together right here are Jahan dawson and sam howe Okay. And I'm super high on the commanders as well. Um that defense I'm apparently I'm just super high on defenses predicting the offense. So um I think that defense is very good. They're gonna be in games and Sam Howe is just a lot better than people think he is, in my opinion. I think dude has all the potential. And uh he's throwing to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. So um, the reason I have Jahan Dotson in there as well is because Terry McLaurin is on the other side. Terry McLaurin is going to be getting a lot of that like wide receiver one focus, leaving Jahan Dotson in a lot of one-on-one situations. And Jahan Dotson in a one-on-one situation, he's winning that matchup. So I have both of those guys in there. I think they both very well perform above their ADP. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I could definitely see that happening for sure. Uh, Tanner, take a look at this real quick. Uh, it, do you have that number two guy on your sleeper? No, I do not. Okay, actually, right, I'll, I'll I'll say him then. All right, so I've got Tajay Ty, Tajay Spears. Is that how you say it? Tajay. 
Tajay or Tajay? Tajay. 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 Okay, so Tajay Spears. That's how I've heard it pronounced. Okay, gotcha. All right, so Tajay Spears, I, I think, is a deep sleep if you're in a deep league because in general i don't i don't i think handcuff running backs are a wasted pick i don't think there's any point of picking handcuff running backs in fantasy i think you're just wasting your pick but if you're in a deep league and you're looking for if you don't if you're kind of weak in your running back position i think tajay spears is a great steal crazy late for multiple reasons one there's always an injury risk of derrick if even if the derrick henry doesn't have a serious injury if the titans are in playoff contention and Derrick Henry gets some kind of injury that they're kind of worried about, I could easily see them setting Derrick Henry for three or four weeks just to make sure he gets healthy. And if that happens for three or four weeks, Tajay Spears is going to be a monster. Yep. He's going to be a he great fantasy fantastic. Back. Yeah. Um, and even if even if Derrick Henry's healthy the entire year, they're not going to run Derrick Henry into the ground this year, especially if they're in playoff contention. They're going to try to save those legs mm-hmm. for the playoffs. So... Tajay Spears is going to get a lot more carries and receptions than people realize. He's going to touch the ball a lot. Not even to say Derrick Henry, just to have that one-two punch. Yeah. I mean, j- that one-two punch is deadly. Yeah, I agree. So, we, I didn't talk about this during the bust, but I actually have Derrick Henry as one of my busts this wow. year because of Tajay Spears. I about and came across his table. <laughs> the reason I have Derrick Henry there is because he's projected to go at three. So right, right after those right. receivers... He's the next guy to go. You I, realize the Titans offense is revolved around Derrick Henry. Yes, I get that. But they brought in D-Hop. They have Traylon Burks. They have Chigakonkwo. That they, opens they up Derrick Henry even more. I don't. I, the teams are still going to stack the box. They're going to play against Derrick Henry. And, and Derrick then, Henry's going to have some monster games, Tanner, but he is not going to get as much of a workload yeah. as he has been. To call him a bust, though? Yeah. Well, for like, where he's being drafted. To be fair, if he finishes as the running back 10, which is very possible, that's a bust. That is not... He's, he's being drafted as the number one running back right no, now. No, he's being drafted like Christian McCaffrey. Y'all no, he's like, not. Derrick Henry... Yes. Are you sure? Derrick Henry is projected to go at three directly after Jamar Chase and Justin that's, Jefferson, that's at great. least in non-PPR leagues. Derrick Henry will still be in the top five in rushing yards. I'm telling you. Okay. Like, I would say, I could even see him being top three in rushing yards. Derrick Henry's play style, though, if he could finish top five in rushing yards and still be the 10th best running back in fantasy. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I just don't see him living up to RB1 again this season, especially with him getting older and having a backup like Tajay Spears, which is why I brought that up. Because Tajay Spears is a great sleeper running back. Obviously, he's not going to be taking touches away from Derrick Henry. Right. But like you said, if they're wanting to preserve him a little bit for the postseason, Tajay Spears is going to be getting a lot yeah. more work than people think. I agree. Tanner's so upset, but we don't Tanner, really have time to oh get into it much more. <laughs> I want to say so much, man. Oh All right, Ben, what's your, what's your next sleeper? Um, My next sleeper is between Zach Charbonnet or Jordan Addison. I'm going to go with Jordan Addison on this one just because... How, is he only late enough to be considered a sleeper? Mm, I don't exactly remember where he's being drafted, but he's being drafted a lot later than you would think. Okay. He's going with those other receivers, like uh, other rookie receivers like Jordan Addison and stuff like well, that's way down there. talking about. Or not Jordan Addison, sorry, uh, Quentin Johnston <laughs> okay. and like people like... Yeah, All right. so he's being drafted a lot later than you think he is. Okay. Um, and the reason I say that is because 
obviously, you know, Justin Jefferson is on that team. That dude's going to be getting double, triple teamed at some points. And Jordan Addison, kind of the same thing with Jahan Dawson. If you leave him in one-on-one coverage, he's going to get open. And Kirk Cousins is a good enough quarterback to find the open guy. So, okay. That that's really all I have to yeah, say. I, I don't I don't disagree. And their defense is so bad <laughs> that they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot. They're bad. So. Yeah. All right, Tanner. Who you got with a sleeper? <laughs> I'm trying to stay on, guys. Um, so I've got Adam Thielen as my next sleeper. He's didn't he get hurt? Yeah, he's hurt. I don't know how bad he's hurt, but he is hurt right now. He's the so I see I've got Adam Thielen as my next sleeper because I think he is going to end up being Bryce Young's safety net. Having that really, really experienced receiver who has been a number one receiver in offense, I feel like that's gonna be a safety net for a rookie quarterback. the first play he the first play of his NFL career was a curl route to Adam Thielen to get him his first reception. So I really see Adam Thielen being that safety net for Bryce. Um, maybe not finishing like top five in receivers. Maybe I don't see that, but I do see his numbers being head over heels better than last year because of that. Okay. I, I, I think Adam Thielen's going to be worthless, but I, I guess it's possible if he becomes Bryce Young's dude, then it's possible. I think he's going to be the number one receiver. You think Derrick Henry's going to be a bust? Yeah, <laughs> but I, not. I don't think Derrick Henry's going to be bad. I think Derrick Henry is still going to be a great running back, and I think he's worthy of a first round pick. But I don't think he's going it's to be the number bust. one running back. He's being drafted as the number one running back, dude. He's not going to be he the number one. He needs to be the number one running back. All right, I'm te- we'll talk about this later. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> um. Sorry, I, I completely really didn't forgot what you were saying. I'm sorry, bro. No, he was you're talking good. about Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Yeah. I think Adam Thielen finishes the number one receiver on his team. but And I do believe in Bryce Young's talent, but I don't believe in the Panthers' offense, really. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball a lot. And I think Bryce, like a lot of rookies, will have quite a few turnovers, especially with how bad that offensive line looked. The scoring dude, has to come from somewhere. Dude like, was, it's not like it's yeah, not like they're their defense put up. is going to score for them, and that's another reason is I think they're just going to be in a lot of low scoring games. They're not right. going to have to put up a lot that, of points because defense, their defense is good. They are legit. That's a great defense, man. So yeah. that really, I just think that they're going to be a lot of low scoring games. They're not going to have to put any emphasis on going to score a lot of points now I think there will be games where Bryce Young gets his and Adam Thielen does well but I just don't know if it's going to be every game and obviously we don't know how bad his injury is yet either so um I want to I want to hear your all's last sleepers before I give my last one just make sure I don't double it up so go ahead give us your third one Tanner so You're going to laugh. I've got Tua as my last sleeper. Um, I've got Tua as my last sleeper. Wait, hold on. Um, which he, I don't know like if QB you can 11, right? technically consider that a sleeper. Didn't you say he was the a only reason yeah. that The only reason that I put him as my sleeper is I could definitely see him finishing top five. That's, you, that's the it, breakout. That's not a sleeper. You completely switched your sleepers and breakouts. Your breakouts should have been your sleepers. Yeah. And your sleepers should have been your breakouts. I'm going to so go to my honorable mention, though. And the only reason that... Because that, that one's probably a little bit better since I probably did switch it. But the only reason I have this guy as my sleeper is because every single, like, every single 
article, everything that I've read on fantasy this year is telling people not to draft him, and it is just absolutely ridiculous to me. And that's D-Hop. Like, everybody is saying do not draft D-Hop, and I legitimately think they're on something. Like, they're medicated when they're saying that. Like, I don't... Sleepers are the highest ranked sleepers of all time. Another, did you did you hear what I just said? Yes, but they're, they're, they're saying do right. not draft DeAndre Hopkins. Another I, thing, I, I do I think Traylon Burks outperforms DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy this year. Oh, I didn't say yeah. He will. I think he'll outperform. But so if that's the case, why do you not have Traylon Burks listed on these? Because he's ranked lower than DeAndre Hopkins. So you will question me on the podcast. That's why. Okay. That's one. No, I'm just playing. But um, <laughs> no, I I put him as my sleeper. Because of how everybody else, just the negativity, the the negativity, okay. yeah, like I, it's it is mind numbing to me. Okay, I so don't I don't understand it. I get you're a Titans fan and you are predicting them to have a super high season, but just to be clear, you think Derrick Henry is deserves to be drafted as the RB one because he does. You think Traylon Burks is going to heavily outperform his ADP. You think DeAndre Hopkins is going to outperform his ADP? Yes. You think Chigga Conquo is going to outperform yes. his ADP? Yes. And all of Chris Paul, Ryan Tannehill sucks. Yes. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is the only guy on the offense that is not going to take a step forward. Okay. I I I can't say I disrespect it, but I mean, a lot would have to go right in order for that to happen. That's for some pretty wild stuff. Yeah. Sure. All right, Ben. What's your last sleeper? Um, uh, my last sleeper is Zach Charbonnet. Just because typically the Seahawks have used a one running back system, but this year they spent two draft picks on drafting rookie running backs. And Kenneth Walker has already got banged up a little bit in the preseason. He's fine. He's going to start the season. But um, Zach Charbonnet at UCLA was a really good back. He could do it all. He's not quite the explosiveness that Kenneth Walker is, but... He is a great power running back. He can receive the ball. like So I think that offense is going to be really good too, which they have a lot of weapons. Um, if Kenneth Walker does get hurt, Zach Charbonnet is going to be the guy. So I can see that. The, the Seahawks running back committee uh, kind of scares me, but if you are going to pick one, pick the later one. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I agree with that for sure. Um, uh, I, thought, I thought Ben may take this. I, I can't decide between the, these two, so I'm just going to list them both. But I've got Jordan Love slash Derek Carr. I think they both could be uh, actual players, quarterbacks that you actually want to start every week in fantasy football. And there are a lot of leagues they're not even getting drafted. Um, so, And I do think they could easily both be guys that are starting every week for you. What um, make, Okay, I have a question. So what makes you so high on Derek Carr? Because you have to remember, he also had the best receiver in the National Football League last year. Yes, it's two different teams. I understand yeah. that. So but I, I what makes you so high on Derek the, Carr? The team itself, like, is like you need more than just one big time receiver to be a good, good uh, fantasy quarterback. Uh, I just the the just the the offensive line is better than what he's had with the Raiders. Uh, Chris Olave, I think, is equal to Devontae Adams right now. Whoa. I, uh, I, I really do think so. I don't think he's equal <laughs> to Devontae Adams' prime best year, uh, but I think he's equal to Devontae Adams right now. That's how good Chris Olave is. Michael Thomas, if he gives anything, that would be a bonus, you know, if he shows up. Is he even playing this year? I, I don't know. Um, if he shows up for three games, you know, that's probably a bonus. Okay, so <laughs> but, it, crit, 
Josh Jacobs from a numbers perspective, I'm not saying he's better than Alvin, but that can, that position cancels out. If you're saying that yeah, Chris Olave is better, like, so also, I don't, it's, so also it just Derek, doesn't add up to me. Derek Carr, it also comes down to play style for when it comes to fantasy. Derek Carr has the correct play style for a good fantasy quarterback. Throw the ball deep. Let your your good receivers make big plays. That's what he does. He doesn't play it. He doesn't just dump down, dump down, dump down, dump down. And he doesn't play it. Like some, the reason why Aaron Rodgers isn't a great fantasy quarterback like he used to be when he was young is because Aaron Rodgers plays it too safe. He does. He is too safe. He doesn't risk interceptions ever. That's why he's not a great fantasy quarterback. And kind of the same thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady a lot of years wasn't a great fantasy quarterback because he was too safe. He didn't. He never took big shots down the field. So, so, but Derek Carr is going to take those shots. You're going to get some interceptions, but you're also going to get some big time plays too. So that's why I'm high on him. The only thing I have to say to that too with Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara is Josh Jacobs did a lot of his damage on the ground, and he had a lot of like rushing touchdowns. True. As where Alvin Kamara is, maybe you say they're around the same skill level, or maybe you even give the edge to Josh Jacobs. I personally think they're about the same as far as skill level, but the different they're completely different play styles. So Alvin Kamara is more of a receiving back. He's going to catch screen passes every now and then. They're going to involve short passes to Kamara as part of their run game. How long as, is the suspension? It, it's either two or three, three games. Are you for sure it's three? I'm not for sure. I'm like 90% sure. It's, it's either two or three. Yeah. So. So but, anyway. I just, I don't see it, man. Like I, I hope, I don't, right. obviously I don't wish anything I don't wish anything bad, but I just don't. It's not like he's developed a whole new play style in a year. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand how y'all just think he's just going to flip that switch and just become. This. I think he was a lot I, I better. I just don't, man. He's, he's I, not been doing terrible. Yeah. Like, that's what people don't realize. He's, yeah. as far as fantasy I didn't goes, say he was terrible. He's not, but. he's been producing, like, pretty good. Even with, even whenever he's had, like, bad years on bad teams, like, he still puts up fantasy numbers. Yeah. Even when he didn't have Devontae Adams. People think he's a lot worse than he is just because he hasn't won a lot of games. And despite what people say, the biggest thing that people pay attention to when you're a quarterback is your win-loss record. Yeah. Because that matters a lot. Um, But he's been on such awful teams. Like, you can say he had a good offense last season, but that defense was so horrendous that it just, like, they lost way more games than they should have last season. Well, we, we're going to have to start wrapping it up. This is our longest episode. Um, but I don't think it was like we, – we did fine. It, we didn't go overboard on this. But anyway, we will come back later this week. We're going to be recording um, our next episode a day later than we did last week as far as the where it's at in the week because we're waiting on Gabe to get back in town. So when Gabe gets back in town, we're going to do a podcast. This is news to you guys. I think I told Gabe this, but I don't think I told you guys this. Uh, on – Thursday, I think, is when we're trying to do the recording. And we're going to be drafting uh, teams, NFL teams, uh, for who we think is going to be divisional winners. So, but with the team that we all are fans of, with Ben representing the Falcons, that's going to be your first-round draft pick, basically. Like, you already have them as your divisional winner. So, like, the Titans, that's going to be your team right off the bat. You've got the Falcons. I've got the Packers. Gabe's got the Broncos. So, none of us have great teams to start off with. Uh, so, but after that, we're going to do a round-by-round thing where you can pick one team out of every division. You can't have more than one team in the division. So, since you already have the Titans, you can't have another team in the AFC South. 
But if you want the Chiefs to win the AFC West, you're like, all right, I got the Chiefs for your first round pick. Boom. All right, so your second round pick, you'd be like, you know what? I want the Dolphins in the AFC East since I'm so high on them. You know, so like, so so you're going to be drafting one team out of every single division in the NFL that you think is going to win that division. So with your, like the last team's pick, they're going to be somebody like the Cardinals. Like nobody's going to take the Cardinals, but somebody's going to end up with the Cardinals at the end of the day. So every team is just, yeah. So anyway. That's that's what we're gonna do. I was gonna say, how did I get screwed into having the Falcons <laughs> when they have like one of the worst chances to win their division? And then I remembered that Gabe's a Broncos fan, so yeah. they have zero percent chance and, to win that division. And out of all the divisions that our favorite teams are in, the Falcons are in the worst division. That's true. So, but the Saints are gonna win that division. Yeah, you're so. pro- you're right. But <laughs> but anyway, so you're not that you're not really at a disadvantage compared to the rest of us. Yeah. So we we all are starting off with teams that should not win their divisions. Uh, but anyway, I don't know who's going to pick first. We might just do a randomization thing on that. Um, but anyway, anyway, that's what we're going to do. And uh, this should be exciting. Uh, I look forward to it, actually. I'm pretty pumped. Uh, but anyway, we'll be waiting on Gabe for that. Gabe, we missed you. Can't wait for you to get back. Sorry for dissing you earlier, but I'm actually not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys.